Hello, 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 and welcome back to the TNG Golfcast. As always, I'm here with my co-host Gareth. How are you feeling after this weekend? Um, I won't go into too much, mate. But yeah, I sat up far too late last night <laughs> for the conclusion of the US Open. Uh, big mistake. I learned from that. Yeah, no. Uh, with the time difference that it was over here, obviously it was eight hours behind um, California time or LA more specifically. Yeah, 3am in the morning finish for us. I had no intentions of staying up to watch it. I saw them tee off the final pair and then I went to bed. Because I was on daddy daycare today. So it was not letting a uh, one and a half year old run me ragged on no sleep. He ran me ragged on a fair amount of sleep. So (laughs) no, it was never my intentions. I watched the highlights of it, of the back nine coming in on this morning's YouTube. So, yeah, I have no sympathy for you for staying up. <laughs> no sympathy for myself, man. It's just trying to do Especially it. when you're working, man. Yeah. I mean, I'll, again, I'll probably do for work, doing my kids and then shooting off down to Edinburgh and that as well. Uh, yeah, the problem is, I think the, the final pairing and the way that front line started and the early starters as well, to be fair, I mean, I was watching it from like, get go like half past five on uh, Sky Sports yeah I watched a lot of the early coverage yeah I've seen obviously probably the highlights of that was oh god what's his name I butchered it the last time he was in contention in one of the smaller PGA Tour events Ekro yes he blitzed that front line yeah and then Tommy Fleetwood was on fire John Ram started off fairly decent as well so yeah there was there was a lot of good golf to yeah. watch in the early part of the obviously coverage, but it was just I was never going to get to see any of the uh, tension of the closing. Yeah, I don't know what I tried to be fair. I actually got to my bed at like one a.m. Time did you fall asleep? Uh, I still seen half past four. Yeesh. And then next thing I know, it was half past six. Time we got up. Listen, we're not young boys anymore, man. We can't do that. You got kids, especially as well, man. What the fucking mistake that was. <laughs> I mean, I mean, going to bed late on the kids. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. I left my mistake, yeah. mate. I just, I think I was gripped from the minute I changed that channel across from the prospect of who could have oh, won that mate. last night. I think, yeah, to watch it, I. It was good golf. It was entertaining golf. I wanted was, to watch it. Yeah, but I just knew with what was coming this morning or today <laughs> that I would not have been the best father I could have been for no. my son had I not. No. Got... So yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like we said, I was gripped and waiting all night for the final pairing to come out and look, the, the second last pairing as well. Who I said to you, in my opinion, could be the best head-to-head of the weekend, being Scotty and Rory. It, that was just, it honestly, kind of lived up to that bill, but... It did. For me, it did. I mean, as I'm saying, I didn't want to go to bed. <laughs> I was obviously doing stuff for the, the podcast episode today and that as well, but more the fact I was enjoying watching it. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the what a uh, a match play would have looked like oh. uh, between the two of them because obviously I, I didn't focus solely on the obviously the highlights that I watched didn't yeah. just showed that good holes didn't show all the, the bad stuff and that so well, Mark only bodied the first and I think Scotty didn't get a body till the sixth or something like that he was just par 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 and then well we'll get into it obviously we'll go back to from day one but I mean for me Scotty made mistakes early enough that he could Find a way to recover quick enough, and how we recovered as well. 
It's just, it just shows me why he is one of one. Yeah, but again, I think mindset-wise, regardless of where you sit in the world rankings, if you're three behind the leader going into the last day, you've got to make something happen. Yeah. You've got to put whatever air of doubt might be in the heads of the guys that are leading. You need to, where possible, when they get to that first leaderboard that they see on the golf course, to look and go, fucking hell, where's he coming from? So you've got to go out guns blazing almost. Yeah. I don't feel there's a couple of players that did do that. Um, as these guys did tee off. I mean, you mentioned them already. Tommy Fleetwood had a brilliant, brilliant round. Could have been a, another record-breaking round. Um, but he, I don't want to say it was a mistake. It was just a, a misjudgment on his final putt that you had. Um, she would have then got a 62, but he still walked away with a 63. Again, tying himself for the lowest round, scored in the final round of the US Open. And, yeah, that was fighting, man. I mean, Carl Smith had a late charge as well. Dustin Johnson was standing there at some point. But, end of the day, mate, the winner of the US Open 2023 was... Wyndham Clark, and a very worthy winner as well. What a week, mate, Still can't help but be gutted by it, though. Yeah, as much as I'm happy that Wyndham won for him, and obviously he's been through a journey, and he's, like, seven weeks ago he wasn't in the Dell match play, so he was playing on, was it Corn Ferry Tour? It or? must have been Corn Ferry, yeah. And then, obviously, wins Wells Fargo. Now he's the US Open champion, so he's now a major winner. That's a hell of a fair couple of months he's had so good on him um but as a big ricky fan i cannot help but feel somewhat gutted i wanted big dick rick to to get that win i just think how he's been trending this year the fact that he's put in that much work especially it's almost a little bit of an underdog story because he he was falling off the face of golf in the last year because at the end of 2022, he started off the world rankings at 103. Yeah. And he's now, obviously, at his lowest, I think he was 183. Yes, because yeah, at that time... Tiger, Sorry, at his highest. Yeah, at his highest. Tiger amongst that sort and of now thing. he's 35th in the world again. So he's gone up another 10 from previous week. So it just would have been a great story. Yeah. Right. We were, <clears throat> obviously, at your... Your dad's house in the weekend. Yeah, we had a family family barbecue on Saturday. And we didn't watch much golf. Well, I didn't myself. I was busy chasing the fucking kids around the garden <laughs> or getting barred. One of the two. Um, but we all were in agreement when we started watching bits and bobs and who we thought was going to go. We both, sorry, all three of us said, if he doesn't win a major, it'll be one of the biggest crimes in the sport. But at the same time, the guy's legacy will always live on as being Ricky Fowler one of the best golfers to... Just one of the all-round nicest guys. Yeah. The guy that stands out, the fan favourite. Um, yeah. Without a doubt. And it's just it's sad, man. I mean, I was watching... I, mean, I was watching tee off and that, like I said, got to the back, the start of the back nine. And... My first thought was... Right, pressure's starting to kick in now. Second thought was... Right, changes to the weather might not be helping... As naturally, he likes to fade the ball a little bit. And, I mean, to be fair, on the ninth hole, he fucking drew a ball so well to go on the par five. It was a 
Par five minutes. Gone on and two, and the shot was perfect. Yeah. Got him on the green. He managed to get himself a body from there. But um, I just think the putter dried up for him, sort of Saturday, Sunday. Whereas <coughs> Thursday, it, the putter was just on fire. Could not be described any other way. It was un- unbelievable. Second round, he still hold a fair amount of birdie putts to get himself to what was it, eighteen birdie putts, eighteen birdies and two holes, yeah. two days rounds of golf. But there were still signs on the Friday that the putter on the longer putts, mm. his lag putting wasn't where he would have liked it to be because he still left himself a fair few outside of that four foot range where you think not not the standard. Yeah. Saturday it just seemed like the holes went get a birdie, give it away, get a birdie, give it away. And then obviously Sunday just it just wasn't there. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the media are saying that he faded away, he, he choked, he disappeared from play. But I mean, yes, he shot five over. But even through all the, the bad shots and the mistakes and that, he kept the crowd entertained and they kept the, their crowd by chanting his name and screaming for him and all the rest. Because he's Ricky Fowler, let's be honest, he's one mm-hmm. of the best players to go and one of the best players to follow as well. Um both in the game and he's, he is trending in the right direction and fingers crossed this trend continues for the Open yeah yeah well we both said at the start of this podcast when we started doing it that when we made our picks for this year's majors that Ricky we hoped would be in and around it for the Open we didn't know how long it would take him to get back to yeah. a form of match fitness in terms of competitive golf because he'd been a, sort of on such a downward trend and took even a long bit of time away from the game to go and fix himself up with Butch. And changes do take time, even though these guys are that good, they can come a lot quicker. But yeah, so I think he's, in terms of, obviously, we're not going to speak to Ricky in, 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 in any near future, <laughs> but I think he would maybe agree that it's he's ahead of where he thought he was going to be at this point of the year. Oh yeah, I agree, yeah. I think it was we just about. Us, yeah. I think it was just about getting back in and maybe try and get as close to the top fifty, and maybe make Ryder Cup team. Yeah, and I think he's overachieved in that sense because I, I definitely can see him not being in the Ryder Cup team now. <sighs> I mean, with his experience and obviously the way he's playing at the moment, and obviously he's went to the final day of the of a major. What's the common other in that as well? He's got with Justin Thomas and Spieth and the likes of that. I mean, they're all really close, good friends. They have a tight unit. This is why I'm shaking myself, mate. Like, no, because I felt that alone, but I'm thinking of the the caliber player, the form that certain guys who haven't been allowed to play in the PGA Tour are now picking up. Like, obviously, Brooks being one DJ. I mean, DJ was in contention. He wasn't far off. No, no. Come Sunday afternoon, eh? What and a difference he, it may have been if he hadn't had a quadruple. <laughs> that was horrible, eh? But only DJ could speak the way he did about it. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't start off that great, did it? <laughs> trying to make five and, well, you know, ended up with that. Yeah. Very next old birdie. Oh, it's crazy, man. It's DJ. It's DJ. I think the Americans have got a problem now when it comes to the Ryder Cup team of who do you leave out? That's their problem, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're struggling to see who will make it there. Who do you leave out? Yeah, because I think the team that we picked that we think it might be is probably going to be nothing like that, eh? But, well, we were leaving live players out of it. Yeah. And now... I don't think they can leave Brooks out. Nope. 
DJ has been on an upward trend, so DJ's got to be up there. Reid Tovey has left at home. She had a fucking shite mare yesterday. Was I don't think Patrick Reid's been doing enough across the year to to warrant the discussion. Got but Ricky happen. Fowler wouldn't have been probably in the thoughts of it, but now he's there. Yeah. Wyndham Clark is a major champion. Yeah. If he continues to play well, he's got to be worth a shot for a pick. Then you've got, do you try and start bleeding in rookies? Stahiska Sagala, who's well, he's going up he's playing well. consistently. So they've got problems in the terms of who do you pick? Well, so we're going to do a follow-up episode closer to September time. And we potentially may have some guests to join us at that point. Not confirmed, but we've talked about that. Um, just to go over the teams and the format of how maybe these two approaches. Yeah, we're kind of waiting. I think it'll probably be middle of September when they pick, yeah, when they finalise the teams with the start yeah. of September when they do it. Yeah, that's the plan. But anyway, um, so names back. come to mind straight away. You know, definitely guarantees Scotty Brooks. I'd say DJ. I'd say Shawfully. Fee now. Fee, uh, really. He wasn't terrible this week. No, but his form's been quite... Well, it's not bad, is it? I mean, look look where he's playing. Look who he's playing against. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll take that back. He could still be a possibility, yeah. Um, and then, like you said, man... Spieth, Justin Thomas. Yeah. They're, I mean... They're not playing great, but... They're Match plays different altogether. Plus, Spieth they've... Match plays unbelievable. Justin Thomas will still have an awful lot of world points banked from the USPGA win because obviously it's a two year qualifying mm-hmm. for it so he'll still be high enough up there that he may even qualify it right but yeah so you've got Bryson he's been playing well the last yeah. couple of weeks as well so and he loves Ryder Cup so yeah they've got a problem in terms of they're going to have too many options yeah, that's the thing. Taylor Gooch it's a problem for us regardless isn't it um, but, It'll make for a great Ryder Cup. Anyway, back to the US US Open. Open. So day one was entertaining. Day one wasn't a US Open, in my opinion. No? You you shouldn't (laughs) see two 62s in a US Open. Yeah, we're going to come on to the sort of course difficulty and the perception that I got. Um, Yeah, I agree, mate. I was gobsmacked. Yeah, this is not a US Open. I thought four under... Would Max. be would be leading it after day one, Max. and it's and you're giving it. That guy's played amazing. He's not missed a fairway all day. So to see two eight unders that could have been two sixty ones comfortably, if if for a, a bounce here or there, <laughs> you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah. that was surprising. Um, so obviously Phil Ward, Shoffley, card sixty twos to go. Uh, tied lost in a round in a major. Uh, Rory. First round 65. Um, DJ shot 64. Was he not six under after day one? No, he was no, was, that, was that after day two? Yeah. Sheffler yeah. nah. uh, was 67. So that was a kind of top of the pile, sort of making his way to the top there. Um, yeah. I, I mean, th- I think they underestimated the conditions and the pin selections on day one. Day two, the, the they, they tightened up the pins definitely on day <laughs> yeah. two. I mean, to be fair though, I mean, obviously, talking points on day one probably didn't, the they probably didn't water the golf course for the rest of the week. Exactly, just leave it. Um, 
Matthew Pavon and Sam Burns making holes in one. On the party 15th, well, it was good to see Sam Burns lost his shit big time. You loved it. <laughs> of course. Why aren't you? Christ. I got a hole in one on the Strath Tire at St Andrews on the sixth hole, which is only a hundred and oh, when you videoed. 113 yards. Well, the one I videoed. I've only ever had one hole in one. Yeah, two. No, I've only oh, ever right. done it once. So yeah, like you said, day two things got a bit a bit trickier. But it was good to see the defending champion at the time uh, get himself a hole in one as well. Same yeah, fits eight. Par fifteenth. And like we mentioned, the quadruple bogey from DJ on the par four second. Um yeah. It didn't really affect him, let's be honest. Uh, he got on with it. And then, this sort of proved the change with uh, Phil Ward going to round two. Um, basically, eight birdies were taken, were taken, but he also racked up six bogeys but remained a shot clear going into round three at ten under. And then, I mean, Rory, day two again. Colm. Three days ago, Rory played really, really well. Yeah. You can't deny him. Eh? I mean, actually, four days ago, to be fair. Eh? Yeah, yeah, that's a bit harsh. Actually, four days ago, he played really well. It was just didn't hole enough putts on on the fourth day. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. You look at the the top three from that final round, all short even par. I think with the fact that as well, once Wyndham got to twelve under, and there was obviously a three shot difference between him and Rory, it finished off looking like it was closer than it was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to be too harsh here on Rory, but it was because Wyndham made mistakes, which I'm guessing were probably down to he was pulling irons way too many times left, obviously, Wyndham. Um, and he just put himself in difficult positions, yeah. which caused bogeys. Yeah. So that brought him obviously back down to 10 under, but then he saw it out on the last hole. So, yeah, Rory played well for four days, just wasn't enough. Just the be next step, I think. He's, he's gone back from all the shit he's been dealing with. Which we obviously heavily slated them for. Which I was surprised he played so well, considering it's still fresh. Oh yeah. In even in the discussions now, and a lot of the prep in the media obligations before it was still trying to talk about. Well, it was I don't know. I think it was Nick Dory on Sky Sports or, or Coltart was saying that Roy's actually like stripped back some of the media press that he was doing before and after rounds because I mean obviously it was affecting him. We knew the first question he was going to get asked about is PIF and all the rest of it. You gotta wonder though, with him stripping it back, is that in a direct effect of the fact that from the previous week saying that he felt like he was a bit of a sacrificial lamb and he did his part at the Canadian Open by trying to defend Jay Monaghan, still obviously said how he truly felt. And there's him not washing his hands of it, but is that him saying, Yeah, okay, you've you've played your cards now, you've made me look like the fool that I ended up looking like and I'm just gonna now focus on me. In which case, like I said last week, yeah. if he does that, yep. great. That's the fastest route for him to go and win in a major, in my opinion. Oh, he I just needs to more. needs to stick to golf. Yeah, we've been saying from day one, like this whole carry on the start two years ago. Like, don't get yourself too involved. Don't take too much of a a bastardial ownership of anything. But he did that. He's Rory McIlroy. He is the head of the PGA Tour. Doesn't fuck about him. Not a professional capacity, but you know what I mean? He's the, the PGA. He's the figurehead. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, you see the difference We does, like, strip things back and, like, didn't put too much pressure on himself and now he's got a two hours worth of press conference to go and do. He can just go back to his hotel room, check in with the family, maybe do a bit of extra work on the range, come back in the next day fresh and, like, yeah. I mean, I, we are the first to fucking slate the guy, but that four days of golf looked like 
he could be a problem coming up to Liverpool. But we'll just wait and see. Which he's won there before, so he's got good feelings there. But yeah, I mean, his round for him too, he finished finished that round at tie third. Uh, Steady enough, making seven birdies, four bogeys, and then finishing at the under. I mean, we say the course got tougher, but there were still birdies like that, get, that amount of birdies getting made. But obviously, then day three, you know. Um, do I mention it now? I've got on my notes here. Um, my pick and your pick up until up until the final round. I wouldn't see the play well. No, my pick was very lucky to make the cut. Yeah. Morikawa for me wasn't that far away, but John Rahm, his you, temper but you, was you, fucking you, showing like... You, you stuck with Morikawa just because you'd made the pick. You yeah. didn't have great feelings for him going in because obviously, like you said, his form... Just form and his, it, yeah. His, yeah, his form yeah. and his momentum this year just hasn't been there. He's kind of stalled at the moment and he's just waiting for that breakthrough round that he gets his, maybe his confidence up and then he'll crack on and be back up there. Yeah. John Rahm... Just, yeah, I think genuinely it was glimpses of an old John Ram where he got angry, couldn't let it go, but I think it was compounded by the fact that he clearly did not like the golf course. Well, he yeah. wasn't the only one to be vocal about it. Well, and obviously, in that sense, it was kind of close to a US Open because that's notorious with it is the players come out and complain about the the conditions of the golf course but totally different context this time, eh? yeah in a different angle from it but yeah the, <coughs> it, it just wasn't a golf course that suited John Ram no. as many others and yeah Kepka came out straight away after day one saying not a fan um, Fitzy, Fitzy after day two came out after day two and then obviously John Ram had his say John Ram said it without saying it by trying to punch a sign <laughs> you know he snapped his putter yeah, he well, nearly he snapped. It, nearly, he threatened, he, he threatened to snap an iron off a tee shot as well. Yeah, yeah. So it was two clubs that were in danger. I mean, that's the thing. He's been, if you can think about in regard to old John Ram to John Ram today, he's been squeaky clean. But he's not been the like, rage on like, with fucking f and this and f and he wouldn't. He's not been doing that. He was heard multiple times over the weekend saying my favorite word. To be fair, um, you know what I mean. He was caught. So many times the best one I liked was when he hit a shot out of the bunker on day four and it he was on an upslope so you're thinking the pros prefer an upslope in the bunker because it gives them more control because they can hit it high and get it to land soft but it just came out a little bit hot on him and ended up about 10-12 feet past now he, he hold the putt coming back in it was on a par three I can't remember which one it was but he hold the putt so he made his par but after the bunker shot you just all you heard him was can I please get a fucking lie in the bunker this week <laughs> Just one lie in the bunker this week. So, yeah, he clearly wasn't it, it overly amused with the place. But, like I said, round four, John Ram turned up. He was playing good golf. He was making birdies. Again, a few mistakes here and there. He was never in contention. No. But it no. was just good to see that he's, he... Got, he got the highest... For, he, it sounds really bad. But he had a McElroy major in from previous... For the last nine years, where... Wasn't he great, but finished really well. Yeah. And jumped up into the... I think he finished in the top... Definitely top 20, but maybe in the top 15. 15 he was, yeah. Yeah. Um, by just having a, a really good final day. And that's been the the case with McElroy in the previous yeah. years. He's not been there 
days one to three, and then all of a sudden he just has a cracking round. And the Masters, for example. Yeah. A couple of years ago, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah that was that was the story I ran this week. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Manuel Lee. He shot the lowest round of the day, carding six bodies in one bogey, carding a 65, finishing round two, tied sixth. He, round three, played well enough. I mean, he was finishing there in the top 15, going into round four. But I think, like most players, with the change in weather, I mean, the change in conditions from like, playing so early to then the boys coming out later on, the, the fairways firmed up something stupid. The but bumps. again, that's that should be a US Open. They should be yeah. firm fairways, but they should be about thirty yards narrower than what they were. Fuck, you was going to mention that. Yeah, good show. Yeah, we just the dispute. Yeah, I know it's being kept on the roster because it's. I think it's going to host the thirty ninth, like the hundred thirty ninth uh, US Open. So it's staying there. Yeah, oh, Acc- according to what I've seen for the next. I think there's two spaces between now and the 139th that have not been confirmed. Maybe three. But the LACC, or Los Angeles Country Club, is going to host the 139th US Open, oh, as wow. it stands. Okay. I can see that changing, maybe. <laughs> that, well, either it could change, or hopefully they take a little bit of the feedback from the players and from the fans, because... It, it didn't have that fan atmosphere of a US Open. It looked like there were places it was difficult for the fans to get close to the to the viewing. I think if you were just coming into golf, or new to golf entirely, and you were sat down with your, your, your father, your mother, your partner, whatever, to watch a major... US Open's not the you, one Unless you know the players and how they play, you wouldn't have, your attention wouldn't, wouldn't have been kept. I mean, for me and you, we watch it because we know the players that are out there, we know what they can do. Anywhere they play, but the fans, I mean, you had the odd, the odd mashed potatoes, the odd big Rick. Big Dick Rick. Big Dick Rick, as you said. But apart from that, it was flat. Yeah. Throughout the four days, there wasn't any. So as long as they take that feedback and work on it, because they've got plenty of years now to yeah. to work on it, and it could be that when it comes around to them having it the year before, they'll maybe narrow the fairways up a little bit and. Obviously, weather permitting, which is a big factor with all golf courses and all events, yeah. maybe have the rough a little bit higher, have the fairways burn out a little bit more if they get lucky with the weather and stuff like that, but then they could maybe not water it as much going into it yeah. and just have it as a more closer to a US style open than than it was this time round. Not to say it wasn't a good event, oh, yeah. it just wasn't for me from previous years watching the US Open, it wasn't a US Open. Well, first thing you think about, for me personally, I think about a US Open is the first round score will be over par. I accept the winner after four days of the US Open being too over par. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I accept that that's, that's going to be on the cards for the best four days golf. That's what you come to expect, isn't it? Really, what US Open. We've been saying it for months, man. We talked about obviously the Masters, the PGA, and then we thought, oh, the toughest test. I think golf. in the next five years, it's at Pinehurst and Pinehurst, Pinehurst number two. That will prove the difference. Those, That's a US Open. Beth Page Black and stuff like that. That's their US Opens. Yeah. Pebble Beach, because they can narrow that up the fuck and make that brutal. That's terrifying, man. That's terrifying. So obviously, day two finished with the cut line at plus three. But who made the cut, man? Who made the cut? Garcia. Yeah, your man. 
he he didn't really feature in, apart from I can't I did I saw a couple of shots of his day four I seen him twice once where he was chipping out of the dead man stuff yeah. and he hit the flag and he was lucky to hit the flag and it stopped but he didn't hold the putt I think and then he chipped in at the back of seventeen for birdie but yeah that was it I think he finished plus two yep. for the for the week made the weekend one but he made the cut and yeah good on him. Notable absentees. Yeah. So you said Colin was plus three. Justin Thomas with an 81. Yeah. On Friday. That was... Um, not anything I come to expect with the JT, to be fair. But listen, golf, man. We can have to anybody. Yeah. But I think he spoke about afterwards, whether it was either on his social media or in an interview, <clears throat> saying that obviously... Not what he wanted, not happy with it, but more than confident that he'll go away, work at things, and he'll figure it out and come back. And that's golf. Fair play. Yeah. Took it on the chin. We're talking, obviously, a little bit there about Ryder Cup. We had a few on our side miss the cup. Looks yeah. like... Not terrible scoring, though. I mean, you think about no. Moronk. I mean, he was... Moronk was close. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, he, he looks like he'll be a rookie for us this year. Seamus Powers, another one. But then, obviously, Thomas Peters, Justin Rose, Francesco Molinari. I don't know what's happened to him. As Victor Perez as well. Yeah. Maybe. <clears throat> Boys that you would all be thinking. I think, obviously, looking at that, Justin Rose will be in the team. Moronk will make the team. Thomas Peters, I'm not so sure about. Thomas Peters, Seamus Power, Victor Perez. They've got to do something in the next couple of months. Yeah, because Peters isn't performing that well. And I don't think Francesco Molinari stands a chance in hell. I don't think, period. I don't think he's even been looked at if there was a reserve team. But the thing is, we we mentioned him on the basis of the fact that he's playing at... You you would mention him from now for the next probably three... two, Two Ryder Cups... Just purely because Tommy Fleetwood would be there and you think that's a partnership made in heaven. Yeah. But at this moment in time, I don't think Fleetwood's strong enough to carry Molinari. No. So shit. I mean He's just so far away. Years. He's just so far away from that yeah. form in twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. Yeah. I mean can just see that as well. How well he put them there. Yeah. Listen. I mean it happens. It does happen, eh? I mean you never know. We could be talking about like that's just now, and then next year he comes back and wins a major. Yeah, you know and I mean? that may be well, and that's great, but it's too late for this year to ride a cup. No, totally <laughs> no agree, but totally yeah, but golf's yeah. form is like that. Look at Ricky. We've we've just spoke about Ricky. He was Rory for two years. He was so. Thing is, Rory, as, again, as much as I have a dig at Rory, <laughs> he's played some great golf that it's never been that you thought he wasn't gonna make the. Uh, Ryder Cup teams or anything like that or not being contention for majors whereas Molinari at the moment you don't think he would even be in contention on the Corn Ferry it's just he's so far away from where he where we know he can be yeah and Hall's you know he's what's he early 30s Molinari must be stop playing that time stop that's what I'm saying like, he's yeah. probably got two solidly two Ryder Cups in him yeah. if he plays well 
this, this was saying, his partnership with Tommy, me mom would rave about it. He's, um, you'd be a miss. I agree with you, I don't see him making it. But undefeated in, when he was in France, wasn't he? Five pointer. Yeah. <clears throat> it says a big fall, unfortunately. Yeah, that's a shame. It was a shame, man. But yeah, so, we've already spoke about previously, like, giving our opinions and that, the players giving their opinions on, like, the setup at LA Company Club. I mean, you're saying they'll be back again. I'll be surprised to see it go back again. Unless, well, I think like it's confirmed. Say, it's confirmed for the 139th. So definitely confirmed then? Yeah. Right, okay. So there you go. There hasn't been changes then. Definitely. Um, yeah. So, round three ends with uh, Fowler tied at the top with the later to be confirmed winner. Wyndham Clark, uh, Mark Williams a short back, Scotty a further three shots back going into round four. Shawfully on round three had an absolute Western Supermare. <laughs> His unfortunate attempt at the bunker. I can't remember what was now. Shit, was it the eighth? Don't quote me on that, man. Is it Saturday? Yeah. I didn't see much of the coverage of Saturday. I was too busy chasing the, my son around at my, his yeah. grandparents' back garden. He took three to go, basically. Um, but he finished around five under, and uh, he was obviously joined to that point um, by DJ. And they were obviously beginning round four, a shot behind Harris English at six under. Harris English, did he not go on a wee bit of a tear like three years ago, where he was up at the top of every leaderboard, every time he played? He won... I think it was two years ago. He, he, he sort of... He was almost a little bit of a Smiley Kaufman. Fucking hell, man, yeah. Where he was like, <laughs> he, he would be in events, but you would just sort of go, oh, look, there's Harris English. Yeah. And then he won, and then all of a sudden it was just like, oh, I know I know how to do this. Ah, can't even mind. But yeah. So yeah, he, he's been a bit quiet in the last year anyway, and it was all of a sudden it was like, oh, Harris still plays golf. <laughs> yeah, but again, he, it was good to see him there. So then we come on to the final round and yeah. I think the early starters set the pace quite well. I mean they came in the tracks with birdies got warm, man. It goes back to that argument being the toughest test in golf for US Open, but the amount of birdies, man, you mentioned them earlier on, Austin Eckro, Carter the front nine, twenty nine. Yeah. Like It was impressive golf. I've... US Open final day. He just but again, I think because he was that far back, not unlike Tommy Fleetwood, they went out with the shackles off. There was no... Like, it's totally different. Like, I, I can't remember who was being interviewed when they were talking about it, but it's a completely different mindset when you're going out early on the last day of a major because you're just trying to get as high a finish as possible for money. And if you can get into that, whatever the cutoff is to make sure you qualify for the following year, that's that's your main goal. Because you never know what's going to happen either. So you, yeah, there is always the opportunity that you could go in, shoot the lights out, shoot a sixty-one or a sixty, and all of a sudden the guys just come backwards and you're in a playoff. That has happened and can happen, but I think that's a in the worlds of fairyland. Yeah. Even for these guys going out there yeah. like that, like Fleetwood, if he'd gotten to eight under tournament, eight under. He may have hung around just to watch and see what happened, yeah. but he probably would have been walking 
to the to the airport or getting into the car to the airport yeah. after the front nine. But once you get to the guys that are four or five behind that you now think are genuine contenders, they're a little bit more conservative about where they're aggressive. They'll they'll be aggressive because they'll know they'll need to make something happen. Not like we were not unlike we were saying with Scott Scheffler, but they'll not take as many risks early doors yeah. or they'll they'll try to play the percentage risk. So it's easier for these guys to go shoot low, low scores and yeah. shoot 29s and 30s on the front nine. Yeah, like I said, with 30, Tommy did that with his front nine. Uh, got to the 12th hole for 6 under for the day. Uh, got to 8 under for the second eagle of the day at 15. Uh, finished the round at 7 under with a 63. Well, it's a, a feat that Tommy's accomplished twice in his career. Uh, ending a tournament with lowest round in the final round. It's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. I mean, shout out to Tommy Fleetwood, but oh, I hate it because he's your, he's your man at the minute. We mentioned it briefly earlier, but John Ram was a joy to watch yesterday. Yeah, but you can say that for any of the top guys when they're playing at their best. If they're Just about what happened the past three days, man. I thought this is, like, this is the way John Ram should be playing over the four days. Didn't happen, but I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah, I I, I still say the best two shots I seen on on Sunday was Tommy's tee shot at the sixth because he took it on, yeah. greened it, and left it about six feet and hold the eagle. And then his second eagle in the round at fourteen when he hit that second shot into the par five and then drained the what twenty five footer. That was just <laughs> superb. Ridiculous. But yeah, um, we'd rather finish. 65, 300 for the tournament. Like I said, top 50 finish. It's just, even at a point, you look at that leaderboard and it's absolutely stacked. Like the amount of movements that were happening. I mean, at some point, was it Tom Kim? It was a late Saturday, he was making moves. Yeah, Tom Kim was 7 under through 12 yeah. on Saturday and then just lost a couple coming in. But yeah, he was knocking on the door of, they were one point talking about possibly a 59. But obviously it's only a past 70, so it would have been 11 under, but not the 13 traditional and a 72. But yeah, he was he was playing great golf and then just didn't manage to see it out. Yeah. This guy deserves a shout-out. I mean, out of the was it 25 amateurs that took to the field for the US Open, um, best performing was uh, Golden Sargent. He carved the final round one under to finish at plus four and his nearest competitors amateur wise were like maybe ten shots off him guys currently plus 13 plus 14 15 all the rest of it so him to have a plus four finish would really I think I kept him within the top 40 at least so yeah it was really good rough. he was absolutely fucking robbed on the last hole yes talk to me about that it's a green keeping error in my opinion oh, that God. whatever the plastic cup is that goes on the bottom was not high, not low enough there is no fucking way that that ball should be able to hit that and bounce back out. I thought genuinely, I watched it live, I thought he just hit it far too hard there, but I thought it doesn't make sense. Can't hit the ball that hard and hit below, below the hit below the level of the soil and bounce back out. It has to be a bit of an error on the green keeping side of things there. Yeah. That little white bastard just came back out again. Even Luke Donald was commenting on it. Did he? On socials. Did he? Saying that it needed to be uh, fixed. <sighs> But, but again, yeah. if he finished a plus three, more money, more points, all the rest of it, go towards him, maybe turn pro at some point. You know well, while I mean? we're talking about the subject of pros, uh, sorry, amateurs, 
one amateur who was an amateur in a previous major this year that was now a pro had three very good days and then had a horrible Sunday. That was Sam Bennett. <sighs> Sam Bennett was up there come the end of Sunday. Uh, sorry, Saturday. But yeah. Sunday he had a, was it a six or eight over round on his card? So that blew his chances. But obviously still proving that what happened to the Masters wasn't a fluke. Yeah, yeah, so we'll see what happens next time. Obviously, Tony Pro will be more a partner on our screens. Looking forward to it. He's a good player, mate. Yeah. He's a good player. But yeah, so the main event for me, really. Um, what I was saying, this must have been about 9 pm, maybe half nine, something like that. Um, Rory and Sheffer teed off, and like I said previously, Rory got the body. On the first hole, Sheffer walked off with a par. Um, what's scary, start-wise, mate, is Ricky Fowler, 47 major starts without a win. Okay. He's getting up to the, the level that Sergio Garcia was at before he got his. He's 34-year-old as well. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Um, Rory, last major win was 2014. As we all know, the Open at Royal Liverpool with the Open returns to this year. Um, yeah, overall opinion, mate, he played very, very well. But yeah, so, obviously, Rory Buddy's a par five first, going to turn under. Wasn't far away from being an eagle, to be fair. Uh, and then the final pair, Ricky Fowler and Wyndham Clark teed off, and uh, Clark started off in the right manner with a birdie. And then, obviously, Ricky made his par. Head for the second hole. The second hole was interesting for Rory. Yeah. Wayward tee shot. Wayward. But, master to cover. Monster putt. Um, oh God. I mean, even the, the undulation. Because obviously the ball went, had to go like left to right and it came round and it, it just inches from the cup, basically. It just could have been a, a perfect recovery, but obviously, master to get himself in there for the par. Sheffield again with a par as well. Um, I don't know if it was at this point, but Ricky's second shot into the second hole uh, went into horrible, horrible rough. Quick on that. What was your opinion on the rough? Like bunker side, fairways? In in places, in places it was that you, you, you watched the ball disappear. Yeah. But it was too many times that they were hitting into areas where you think, oh God, that's going to be like horrendous to find you think oh no I can see the top of the ball so you think well there's got to be something there that they can go at yeah. the only time that I recall seeing the rough penalise someone and that was Rory on day one on 18 when he f- went right underneath it trying to chip it out on the green side he fresh aired it because yeah. that was the meme that was going round was that his, his longest drive was 382 yards and his shortest shot was zero <laughs> Yeah, but Clark did the exact same. Yeah, sorry, Phil did the exact same. Um, he had a thick, long grass lie. What, Mickelson? No, Ricky, sorry. Oh, right, sorry, yeah. On Sunday. Um, the club just went right underneath the ball. It popped a little bit, but it was just fucking... It was horrible. Yeah, I, mean, I think... The thicker, longer grass... Like, bunker side. I mean, obviously, Clark, he got himself into a bit of trouble on the front line with that as well, right enough. 
What? Blew the only test, was it? Really? Really? Rough. Yeah, it, it wasn't as penal as I was expecting just because of previous US Opens. Yeah. Oh, mate. I'm sure I was gripped until like one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Got to the park and then you had to go to bed. And honestly, going to bed, I couldn't call it. I could not call it. Um, I thought Ricky was out with it. But then I had to the back on my Yeah, Ricky, Ricky played, once he was about minus eight, you just thought you're either going to see it out at that level or yeah. you're just going to drop one or two more. And obviously he went on to drop three more. Yeah. It Realistically, it became a two-horse two race between McElroy and Clark. Yeah. Scheffler was trying, but he just... That flat stick is until he gets that fixed, which that's what I found. Was it the end of play on Friday or Saturday? I can't remember what it was. Might have been Saturday. He wasn't happy with his driver, but he's the 148th on tour in putting stats. What we launched, it. and he was he was f- trying to fix his driver. Yeah, and you're thinking wrong end of the bag here, mate. Yeah, I've seen that video. He was uh, testing a new head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know did he launch it when he found that that was the right head to use, or was it the wrong head to use? I couldn't make out the context. I, c- I couldn't address. get the context of where it was in terms of whether where he was trying to fix it. But, yeah, you're just thinking, your driving stats the whole year have been up there at number one, if not number two, in the entire year to date. And you're changing heads. It clearly isn't, unless there is a a defect in the driver that he currently has been gaming all year, then fair enough, change the head then, but surely you just want a direct replacement the putter is the issue for Scotty. If he could have the putting stats of Jason Day, John Ram, Ricky Fowler, is just Thomas are all top putters when they're playing well. If he was anywhere near that good, fuck Tiger Woods, he would blow the fields away yeah. every week. Yeah. And I can't get why he's not working on it. I've tried to think about reasons why he just doesn't want to go near that. But I can't think of anything. I can't think of why our world number one isn't addressing the, the problems that he's got with the, the flat stick. Eh? But I said that about McElroy with his wedges. Mm. He did. For yeah. years, McElroy was, in my opinion, was only behind him winning major events because his wedge wedges just weren't good enough yeah Fuck. but yeah he'll figure it out man, I'm pretty sure oh yeah he, he'll go and win <laughs> next week just to prove me wrong <laughs> yeah exactly um, but yeah I mean there's a lot of good golf that I missed but obviously you caught up on the highlights I've not had a chance to, to be honest with you the highlights that's, were only four players really yeah that's expected mate to be honest yeah but for me, for the first time, fully engaged watching Wyndham Clark, and I apologise that I've not. I just I've never had the the eye to look at him or watch him. I mean, it's, as you said earlier on, mate, he's not be up there. He's not been in contention. He had a win at the Wells Fargo, fair enough. But I didn't watch the Wells Fargo. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Oh, I would have seen it on social media that he did win, blah, blah, but yeah, it was an absolute pleasure to watch him play his front nine yesterday and the majority of the cameras were focused on him and the other boys. Saturday, past Friday as well. He started yesterday like a man possessed. Like, as but he's in, got this, his attitude is be cocky. Yeah. He's got that, his ethos is be cocky. And it clearly works for him. Yeah. I still Ball think... Ball is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Like, honestly. As you expect for pros, but this guy's... It's similar to... Maybe... I mean, my favourite stick of the ball. One of the favourite, sorry. Luke Donald. Wes Irons. And it was very similar to that, to be mm-hmm. fair. It reminded me of him. The way he even set up, man, to follow through everything. It was perfect there. He's just a worthy winner. He's just he's a good golfer. Yeah. And obviously, time will tell if it was a, if it's a flash in the pan or if he's able to build on this momentum and take it forward because obviously he's now World 13. So next challenge for him is before the Open, try and break into the top 10. And then have a decent open, make Ryder Cup team, make yourself a bit of a name there, and continue on. But yeah, I think the two biggest winners of the weekend of the week, well, Wyndham Clark for his was it seven point three million earnings? Yeah, yeah. he earned was it two point five million in the last six years? Yeah, and then he's just walked up seven point three. Boom, boss for this. Was twenty million. Is this not the highest major that they give out? I'm sure it is. Masters was fifteen point five, I think. Yeah. Don't quote me on that again. I could be talking utter shit, but it just sticks out at fifteen. The winner of the Open only gets about two million. Is that? I'm sure it's only about that. Oh wait, you could be right actually. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, the second winner would be Odyssey. Because both Ricky Fowler and, yeah. and Wyndham Clark had the same putter going into yeah. day four or into the entire competition. So, yeah, that, that one will probably make a few more sales this week. Yeah, they're identical, aren't they? Aye. Um, right, so we've touched on, like, I'll mention it again. What is next for Rory, in your opinion? I don't think he can walk away from this week disappointed. Obviously, disappointed that you didn't get the major, fair enough, but that's going to be the case whenever you don't win a major. But he played well. He played well for four days. He was in contention every day. It wasn't a day that he had a bad round and then had to have a super good round the next day to get back into contention. He was there all four days. So that's something that we haven't seen for a while from Rory. Yeah, he didn't get it done, but I think he'll have positive thoughts going into the rest of the the events through the close of the year and I think he'll now be gearing up everything he does between now and the Open will be for the Open at a golf course he's previously won it at <clears throat> do you want to so, say something that might annoy you go for it who's my pick for the Open you've got Rory McIlroy yeah so who does that mean that won't win it Rory McIlroy no mate I've echo what you said I was very impressed with Rory Um took a lot of joy and seen him play so well and I mean I'll, the merger could be the best thing that's happened to him because it could be now that he's gone do you know what fuck it I'm not going to put in as much effort off the course on this side of things yeah. I'll still do my, my duties but I won't be as 
outspoken maybe as he has been previously which we've always he said is an issue Tiger's approach Tiger let his golf do all the talking mm. always has it's only now that he's on the downturn that he's been more vocal in these outside of golf discussions yeah so yeah when you're at your peak and you're in your prime and you're playing at the that time period because you get a bit more lifespan out of golf in terms of athletes at the top yeah. when you're the top, top class. So we're obviously saying your Tigers, your Rory's, your DJ's, your Brooks, and all this. You can go until you're 50 as long as you look after your body you don't have too many injuries and that. And you can win a lot. Yeah. Make a shit ton of money. Not the same in other sports. You've got a more compact time. Sure, I wouldn't love you. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't have the same determination and focus on it. Yeah. And at times, I don't think Rory's has always been there. No, I'd agree with that. Yeah. I just, I mean, is there a possibility that he steps down from the board? I don't think he will. Too much to lose? If he truly, truly, which I think he genuinely did mean it when he said he's fully focused on the leg, his legacy in the game, you won't do it. Because that, I think you'll see that as a negative towards his legacy. Exactly. On the other, so flip side of that, if he doesn't win a major from now until the time he gives up the game, that in itself would harm his legacy because the caliber of player that he clearly is, that we know he is, shouldn't shouldn't finish his golfing career with only four majors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, he's. Same age as likes of Brooks and that he's only thirty four himself. I mean, he could find form at any point in any time period and go on a tear. Completely grand slam. He's not gonna break any records. I don't he's think. got the ability and I I'll say this as a double edged sword. He has got the ability to go and win all four majors next year. Because he is that good a golfer. I don't think he ever will win four in a year. I still don't ever think he'll win the Masters. I don't think he'll get the Grand Slam. Not metal block, can it? Yeah. Augusta's not been his friend, man. But yeah, overall, good for Rory. Well done, Rory. I'm just... We do show on him and that, but it's like... It's going to sound really daft, but it comes from a good place, because we are fans of the guy. We're not fans of some choices that he makes, and certain statements that he makes but he's really fucking McElroy man you can't not follow him you can't keep in touch with what he's doing and we just we want to see the best players win and hopefully it does eventually win sometime soon because it's getting close to that 10 year period man it's, um, he's got one more one more shot of glory yeah. we'll see what happens uh, so yeah overall opinion on Scottish Sheffield one number one wasn't it? It's just a flat stick held him back again. Yeah. Keeps supposed to He misses too many putts inside five feet. For a, a world number one, I'm not saying you're never going to miss a five foot putt or a putt inside five feet, but you shouldn't miss as many as he does for the level of golfer that he is. Yeah. Yeah. So he would have certainly been a double major winner, multiple major winner. Had he gotten hold of a slot stick? That's the thing. We just do some work, man. Fuck's sake, Scotty. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to echo it again, man. Ricky, 
got high, high hopes for the Open this year. He's obviously playing the Scottish Open the week before. That's confirmed. Um, Previous winner of that. Yeah, he enjoys the links. He's a fan of the links. Um, he could potentially be investing in a football club in England at some point as well. Along with Justin Thomas and Spieth, yeah. <laughs> sort of Jesse Marsh effect, Jack. <laughs> Have they got it's, American? Is, is it not linked to the 49ers or whoever it's owns the 49ers? They, they've, they've got money in them and yeah. by proxy. Because LeBron, is it LeBron James has got money in Liverpool? I could do it, your team, mate. I could Yeah, do it. I'm sure he's got money in Liverpool because he's linked to FSG in some capacity. So, yeah. But, hey, means you might see them over in Leeds a bit more at games. And Could be fun. Up, unfortunately. For your dad. Maybe they'll wait a few <laughs> years. Um, uh, yeah, us. But yeah, no, I think if we're going to round off with Roy Mar- uh, with, sorry, Ricky Fowler, he is just... If there are kids watching the game and or if you've got parents who have got kids getting into the game and you want them to watch a single player and go, that's who your role model should be. Ricky Fowler's your guy. Emulate this, man. Because the way he finished off Sunday... Five over, not what you want in a last major. Could be pissed off, disappointed, switch off, not get involved. Obviously, give the obligatory shake of the hands, congratulations to the winner and your playing partner and caddies, and then just make your way out. But no. Gives the guy a great embrace. And then knowing Wyndham's history and obviously his passion with his mum, and obviously his mum's not here anymore, to turn around and say, if your mum was here she'd be incredibly proud of you yeah. that just gives you everything you need to know about Ricky yeah he's an absolute gentleman mate. so yeah we will wrap up there mate I am fucking knackered I'm not gonna lie um, yep like you say wrap up there as we always say to everyone who continues to listen and anyone who has joined first time to listening thank you so much let us know what your thoughts of the US Open were. Did you think the golf course stood up to what a US Open is? Was it a disappointment? Or were you okay with it, but it could have been better? I think that's where I sit. Yeah. Were you happy for Wyndham to take it? Or were you disappointed that it wasn't Ricky or Rory? Do you look forward to the days when Scotty Scheffler figures out how to putt? Just let us know. <laughs> uh, you can get hold of us on Instagram and Twitter. The handles are there in the... We any still don't way, have an email. No, I'm a lazy prick. <laughs> the the email may just disappear forever. 